Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. come to our final section in this passage of Romans we've been really focused in on Romans 14 uh, all the 14 and then half of 15 because the second half of 15 and 16 is is more or less Paul giving personal greetings to the people in the church in Rome it's not really part of his message it's just part of the letter we received a letter in our scripture all of Paul's writings are letters it's basically someone else's mail Paul has written to a group helping them through something that they need help through. And then he always includes an intro and then he includes greetings and things at the end. And so we just are focused in on the end of the letter itself. So that's why we stop in the middle of 15. So today we're gonna come to this last bit and Paul has been unpacking this large story, the story of God's people, the story of God's dream and will for all of creation and all of humanity of heaven and earth and has been unpacking it in a way to help this church divided come together and be one because they have become split and divided to where they won't even welcome each other into each other's homes because they're practicing their faith in different ways. And so he's been telling this story and he kind of finally gets through the grand story and in our passage we've been focusing on, he actually gets to the specifics of their issue, of what's keeping them apart. And he's walking them through why this should not be keeping them apart, that what unites them is much stronger than what could ever cause a difference of opinion or perspective between them. And we need this message. It doesn't matter what church you're part of, you're part of the United Methodist Church or another denomination or not part of a church. You know that anytime we come together as a people with a common purpose and goal that inevitably there comes time where there's friction and a difference. And what sets the church apart is that the church does not place its hope on any other story but the story of God's work in our world, the, the faith in what's been done, the hope of what will be done, which frees us to be in a place of love where we can be united and operate in the world in a completely different way if we're not distracted. And so that's what we come to today. Paul has laid out the message in the last few passages telling the church how they are to respond to one another and then gives them the reason why, because Jesus Christ did that for us. We are unfaithful as people, as human beings. We continually find ways to resist the movement of God, to reject the will of God, and to serve ourselves. We all do it. It's our story. God could have said, Paul lays out. God could have said, "Mm, too bad, too bad. He broke the rules, and so, you know, deal's off. The, The promise I laid out at the beginning, this covenant relationship, you know, you broke it, so it's gone. But that's not the story. Paul lays out that God said, I will be faithful to you even when you have not been faithful. And so Jesus Christ comes 
as the word and flesh, as God among us, and embodies everything we were ever supposed to be in the first place, is obedient to God, even though it's that obedience that leads to his death because we are, we are so resistant that we even kill one who is obedient to God. But then God rises him up and through the resurrection lets us know not only is he the Messiah, but through his obedience and death, he's now the king of all. He is your Lord. He is the Christ. And so this is the story that Paul's laying out. Look, God did this for you. Laid aside the right and actually did everything for the relationship. And so church, you may have rights, but you're to lay it aside for the relationship, to focus on what unites us rather than what drives us apart. And so we're going to read from chapter 15, verse 7 through 13. So welcome each other in the same way that Christ also welcomed you for God's glory. I'm saying that Christ became a servant of those who are circumcised for the sake of God's truth in order to confirm the promises given to the ancestors and so that the Gentiles could glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, because of this, I will confess you among the Gentiles and I will sing praises to your name. And again, it says, rejoice Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles and all the people should sing his praises. And again, Isaiah says, there will be a root of Jesse who will also rise to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will place their hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and faith so that you overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Powerful passage loaded with scripture sums up the story and gives us the reason. And it's because of the story and the reason, this foundation that we find encouragement in the scriptures and the story itself that enables us to come together to be only one. Only one. The church divided in Rome. Their issue is not unlike ours. In their reality, in their time, there was only one scripture. That were the Hebrew scriptures. When Paul speaks of the scriptures, he's not talking about the New Testament because it didn't exist. Paul writes the earliest parts of the New Testament in these letters that we have. And so Paul understands that the people of Abraham that are part of this tradition, this story of God that's been going on since Abraham and Sarah, since the first people that God called and said, hey, I want to bless the world through you, that they are upholding the tradition of their scripture. And so they're coming with this understanding to be faithful to God, you follow the scripture. You don't eat certain things. And you worship on special holy days in certain ways. And you handle situations in certain ways because it's all given to us here in the Hebrew scripture, in the tradition of our faith. And then there's the other group of people that says it's in Jesus Christ that we find freedom. And it's not the law. And so 
we can eat whatever we want. In fact, Paul said in just a few verses prior to our reading today that all food is acceptable. Even though Paul is part of this group, Paul has come to understand the freedom in Christ. And so is it tradition? Is it the rules and regulations? Or is it this freedom that stands apart from the law? The law is good, but that's not the law that brings freedom. And therefore, the freedom of Christ has brought a new understanding. That's a tough situation, and we can, we can maybe judge them or, or try to you know, wonder how they had such a hard time coming together, but are we any different, church? We're still struggling with these same conversations. How do we decide on matters when it comes to the practice of our faith? How do we respond to others when they don't agree with our perspective in the church? What do we do? We could clash and split and no longer eat or worship together. That is an option, but that's not the goal. That is not where things are headed. And so what we find is Paul telling the story of Abraham and Sarah being told that there will be blessing coming from God to all the earth through this family. And so they had faith. They believed. They lived their life as if all that God said was going to come true, was going to come true. And that faith led them in every decision they made. And so through this faith, they were given hope. And through that hope, they were able to live the way that God wanted them to live. And this is the marks of our Christian lives, as our Wesleyan theology would lift up faith, hope, and love. And that's Pauline. It comes from 1 Corinthians. And so he gives the story again and says that it's Jesus Christ who brings the promise to fruition in the way that Israel was always intended to, that through obedience, the promise would be fulfilled and that everything would keep heading in the direction that it was always intended, that the scripture lifts up in the four passages we heard today, two from Psalms, one from Deuteronomy, one from Isaiah, that's in this Romans reading, that it's all the people, Gentiles, and the people of Israel together, only one body the whole world being blessed through them. So we're not intended to be multiple bodies. We're intended to be only one. And so it doesn't matter if we're a United Methodist and down the street is a different denomination. It doesn't matter if around the world there's a group of people that are in a church and they have a different language with different food and different faith practice and they sing different songs. We're all one body and only one body and that is the intention that God has had from the beginning. And that is the work through which God has been working through Jesus Christ and now through the church as the body of Christ. And so Paul uplifts that it's Jesus Christ who has become a servant of his own people when they didn't understand out of obedience, out of faith. And it's out of him that the promise came to fruition that was made long ago. And so the question for us is, do we have faith in the story, in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and all that Jesus Christ has done for us? Do we accept this? Do we put our faith? Do we put our faith in where the story is headed in Christ's kingship and messiahship? Do we put our faith wholly into Jesus Christ so much that even the things that haven't come to fruition or completion in our lives yet, they're as good as done? Do we have that kind of faith? If we do, then through that faith in Christ, we are given hope. We have hope. We know how it will end. We know that even in the darkest of circumstances, the most bloody and, and stubborn 
clashes that it will not overcome. We have hope. And with this hope firmly grasped in our hands, if we fully embrace this hope through our faith, we're able to let go of a lot of other things that, frankly, we never needed in the first place. Fear, worry, desire to be right. We don't need our pride or our ego. We can let them go because the hope brings us everything that they falsely promise and never deliver on. So through hope in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit then frees us from ourselves. And then we can fully accept the love of God to understand that it was never those things that could bring us anything anyway. It was never up to us. Instead, it's God who just freely gives and says that you are worthy through Jesus Christ. You are loved exactly as you are, not by anything you have done or ever could do, but just because you are God's beautiful, sacred creation. We can then accept this story. We can accept our place as a child of God. And then when we experience that love founded upon that hope through faith in Jesus Christ, we find that it's testified to us in our hearts and suddenly our whole lives become oriented to that hope and through this love to where the only response is love to the world around us. So we know this story. We place our faith, we have the hope. Even if we're standing next to someone who doesn't know the story, who doesn't have the hope, who doesn't act in love, they may not know, but we do. We do. And there's nothing that can be said or done that can shake us because of our faith and our hope, and from our hope, our love. And so we are called to be that church, to be together, and to reflect that message to the world. We can live and speak and act out of the truth that's been given to us in faith. We can live with our feet firmly planted upon the hope given to us through our faithful God. We can then reflect the love poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Any other response other than love to the world around us, to the situations that might ask us to be divided, any other response should cause us to stop and with discernment question and evaluate ourselves. If we're carrying fear of people who don't look like us, who don't act like us, if we're carrying fear of losing our wealth or our privilege or our status or power, if we still need to be seen as right and vindicated, if we still need to feel like we're in charge and somehow above others, then church, we are not growing in faith in Jesus Christ. My friends, we're not placing our hope in the promise of God. And sisters and brothers, we are not firmly planted in the love given us through the Holy Spirit. We have gotten off path. And it's that reason that we are not only one body. Paul lifts up the truth in Scripture. It is Jesus Christ who is our Lord. And it is no one and nothing else to which we align our lives. We do not place our faith in anything or anyone else. When we can firmly stand upon the hope given us through the Holy Spirit, then we will be able to live into the reality of being only one. Even when we disagree, even when we don't see eye to eye, because it's not that particular issue, that particular conversation or argument that defines who we are and that gives us the hope for our future. If we're placing our hope in being on the correct side 
of a conversation, then we have forgotten what it is to place our hope in Jesus Christ who leads us forward to be only one body of our only one God and Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. What might the world look like if it were only one? What might the church look like if it were only one? What kind of witness might we be to the world around us? There's plenty of opportunity to see other ways to deal with indifference. You can turn on the presidential debate and see a different way. I'm not judging these gentlemen. I am judging their response to each other because there's, there's a better way. And the church needs to show it. So my friends, my friends, may the God of hope, as Paul says, bring you the peace and the joy through faith in Jesus Christ. And may you experience the hope overflowing through the Holy Spirit that we might walk together as only one body in the great love of our merciful God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.